Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Story time. This summer, I was out in the dark canyon wilderness of... A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at MintMobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Utah. 
After two weeks of driving and backpacking around the country alone. The plan was a seven-day trip and after a few days of setbacks I was on my last night. By this time I was already a little scared of the dark but that's just what happens when you are your only company for three weeks. Anyway on the sixth day I found an awesome elk antler and put it on my shoulders about a mile into the day's hike. As anyone who has poorly packed a pack will attest just slapping 15 pounds on the top of your pack is a bad idea. About halfway through my planned death merch my hip was getting sore and I blew through my water. I decided that I would stop early and get some water. Luckily I found a few puddles in a dryish river bed and made camp. I started boiling some water when it struck me, if there's skanky water here there may be good water upstream. So up I went upstream. Just as the canyon boxed out a little spring filled the bed with deliciously cold refreshing water. I drank on my hands and knees before realizing I didn't bring my water bottles. Whatever I hiked the half mile or so back to the camp and grabbed them. This is where it gets weird. On my trip back up I kept feeling really vulnerable and uncomfortable. Every little rustle in the bushes set me off. I could hear birds calling in the distance that set me off. I kept looking for something following me. I can only describe my emotion as pure terror. It got to the point where I picked up a branch and the just in case a cougar tried to attack me. I still kept telling myself that it was just paranoia and I'm fine but I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched. I finally got to the water and filled up my camelback and bottle, constantly looking over my shoulder. The feeling of unease was still with me when I headed back down the gulch. There I came upon a fresh mountain lion print placed directly between two that I made on the way up. It's one thing to think that your fears are unfounded paranoia, it's much much worse to know they are true. I was camping in upstate New York a week after two prisoners escaped. This was a high notoriety escape and was national news. My girlfriend and I had hiked and camped for two days before this. We were very comfortable, had met a lot of awesome people, but everyone was on alert of the escapees. We had settled in, in a remote area upstate New York with no one around that night. I was sound asleep that night. At 5.30 am I had started to awake but stayed in my tent, not trying to awake but to maybe go back to sleep for an hour or two. Not long after I was awake did I hear rustling in the woods around our campsite. At first it was a few rustles, which caught my attention but not enough to be alarmed. Suddenly, the rustles are right outside our tent and I am on edge. Before I could even tap my girlfriend, all hell breaks loose. My tent is slashed open with a knife while I'm watching. My heart almost went through my throat. Before I knew what was happening I was being piled driven into the ground by men with guns. Thankfully I had noticed in the seconds that the men had police armor on. I started screaming out my name, my address, my social security number. Everything. My girlfriend was even jumped on and forcefully subdued while she was sleeping. Once everyone's adrenaline calmed down we showed our IDs and proved we were just camping. It was one of the scariest moments of my life, and also for the police officers that subdued us. Turns out we were not far from where they were just spotted, and the police hadn't come across anyone in days. They had thought for sure they had come upon the escapees camp.
Two deputy sheriffs believe that they have seen a tall dark figure just outside the city limits of Oceanside, California. They both stated that they were viewing this creature standing on the other side of an eight-foot-tall chain-link fence. The officers state they saw it moving its head back and forth as if looking around at the area. This is when one of the deputies decides to go get his light for more illumination. When he returned, he says that whatever it was on the other side of the fence had moved off into some bushes out of sight range, leaving him with no idea of what he had just witnessed. Another sighting comes from two teenagers who were driving alongside Beach Boulevard in Oceanside on the 14th. They spotted what they thought was a bear on the side of the road, but this soon proved to be incorrect. One of the teens stated that he got out his light, shined it at the thing, only to find that there were no eyes. This is when they both ran back to their car and took off in fear, not wanting to see any more. During November of 2012, there had also been numerous UFO sightings all across California. Could these so-called sightings be related somehow? People are always reporting strange lights over cities here in America. What makes these reports any different? What do you think about all these weird happenings taking place today? Is this some sort of warning or sign for humans, or are people simply making these up because we're desperate for attention? They went on to mention that there were several people that had filed reports of tall dark figures in the area. They also stated that they were not sure if these incidents were connected, but it seems highly possible since they occurred on the same day. Now, our final report comes from yet another deputy from Graham County, Arizona. He states that while he was on duty around 3 in the morning, he heard a very strange noise coming from outside this location. When he went to investigate what the sound could have been, he says there was a tall dark figure standing out there in front of him, near an old abandoned meat facility. What makes this sighting even more interesting is that this site was surrounded by open fields and little else. There is no way possible for somebody to hide out there. So what was this thing doing just standing there, staring at the deputy? When asked why he didn't do anything to apprehend it or even fire upon it, he said that he felt paralyzed with fear. He claims that his mind was telling him one thing, but his body would simply not listen. This is when he went back inside the building, calling for backup. When other deputies arrived on location, they could find no sign of any type of activity taking place. There were also no footprints found near the fence line or anywhere else throughout the dirt road leading up to where this creature had been seen standing. Imagine living in a world where you fear everything around you. You never know if something is lurking in the shadows or waiting for its next victim. Those are the people who have to live with this kind of anxiety all the time. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to live in a world where every dark corner could hold some unseen danger? What if there was something out there that was watching every move, hiding when needed, only to return once again when you least expect it, to strike without any warning? These are just some questions that many individuals could ask themselves whenever they hear stories about strange sightings taking place somewhere in or near their own city. Every day, somebody else is coming forward, claiming that they have seen something out of this world or not quite human in appearance. Whether these claims are true or not is anybody's guess at this point. But what if one day, whatever is hiding in the shadows decides that we are not the ones who should be living on this planet anymore? 
That is a very deep and creepy thought to ponder about during one's downtime. Hopefully, these stories of strange encounters will just turn out to be lurking in the shadows and not actually be true. I had just enlisted in the Forest Service in 2006 and was working in the Algonquin Park for the summertime. I never understood why they paid me as little as they did for all the things I had to deal with. To give you some more context, the Algonquin Park is this massive wildlife preserve full of moose, black bears, elk, etc. And this is why it makes it such an excellent tourist trap. We're always finding weird things too, like tracks and scat, which is pretty normal. But not when you find human-looking scat and four times the size. That's when things begin to get very unnerving. In fact, I had several people on a trail, a very popular trail, which name and route I won't mention, but they had reported seeing very large piles of human scat along the side. After being disgusted, thinking somebody could not wait to find the bathroom or was just simply going in the great outdoors far too close to a road that people travel, after inspection, this was far larger than any human could produce. Also, around the scat pile were these massive footprints that were evidently from a bipedal being. Nearby, these prints are large blackberry bushes, meaning that whatever was around here was probably eating berries and doing its business. I never thought Bigfoot was a possibility, but the more and more I see this kind of stuff, the more evidence I'm exposed to, the more I'm becoming a believer. I should say, Raised by hunters so I know enough but I've only ever been unsuccessfully deer hunting. My family had a cabin up in the mountain range near San Jose, Mount Hamilton, and we would go up every summer and winter for a few days and it's far out 27 miles on asphalt and 9 miles on a dirt road no electricity and no cell service unless you were on the asphalt road, so pretty far out. We had a couple of creepy places around the cabin one was snake rock which admittedly wasn't that weird it was just absolutely infested with snakes hundreds of them no other creatures around and you always felt weird around it. Another was the Winovich's shack which was this even farther shack from us that the family had moved out to get away from society and they supposedly died out in the cabin. When I was roughly 16 or 17 old enough to go on the trail alone so long as I had a rifle with me I rode our ATV to the cabin and I always was skeeved out in that place the shack was always louder inside than out like an absolute cacophony of noise but I'll never forget checking it out and finding a shredded carcass of something in on the table, looked like maybe a raccoon or skunk. Gutted. Flies everywhere maybe a few days old and my heart starts pounding in my chest I could hear my blood pressure in my ears sound like rushing water because the cabin may be old but it's got what I would consider animal proof entry ways except for small rodents and maybe larger vermin. But I hopped on the ATV and noped so hard and I got the sensation to stop up ahead like just a second to stop and listen with the ATV off about 100 yards from the cabin and as soon as I stop I realize that it's dead silent no birds no squirrels nothing I could feel my hair stand up and I was like nope f this am gone I've never rode that ATV so fast I got back to the cabin and my grandfather asked me if I was okay and I explained what I saw and I've never seen him so concerned.
We ended up deciding to cut the trip short and head out and when we came back a few weeks later we both went to the cabin and whatever was on the table was gone it just left a huge pool of blood and fur. I'm Joe, a Navy SEAL stationed on a small island near Iraq. I've experienced my fair share of intense and harrowing situations. But nothing could have prepared me for the disturbing and inhumane encounter I had during one particular deployment. Rumors had been swirling among the soldiers, whispered words that hinted at something deeply unsettling happening beneath the surface. It was said that there were human hostages being held captive in underground cages, subjected to unspeakable horrors. Initially, I brushed it off as mere gossip, a product of the stress and isolation that surrounded us. But the curiosity gnawed at me, urging me to investigate further. One morning, during our routine roll call, we were led to a hidden cave entrance. As we descended into the depths, a chilling sense of dread settled in the pit of my stomach. And then, the truth was revealed before our eyes. The underground chambers held prisoners, but they were no longer human. Their bodies contorted, their minds twisted into something inhuman, something grotesque. They exhibited animalistic behaviors, their eyes devoid of humanity, replaced by a primal instinct. The commanding officer, breaking his long-held silence, finally shared the truth with us. These captives were not ordinary people, and the knowledge of their existence had been intentionally concealed from us. He warned that any attempts to free them had resulted in gruesome deaths, with the mutilated bodies displayed as a grim reminder of the consequences. No sooner had he finished speaking than chaos erupted. The prisoners broke free from their cages, their newfound freedom fueling a rampage of violence and terror. The unit was ordered to evacuate immediately, to retreat back to the safety of our ships. But the journey back would become an ordeal of unimaginable horror. Each person in our unit had their own eerie encounters as we fought our way back. Some heard chilling whispers in the darkness, tormenting their minds with ancient secrets. Others caught glimpses of shadowy figures stalking us, always lurking just beyond the reach of our weapons. In the desert hills, I personally witnessed a towering creature, its head resembling that of a deer, adorned with sharp antlers and long, menacing claws. Its eyes bore into my soul as it observed our every move, a silent threat that sent shivers down my spine. In the end, it was a battle for survival. We lost many brave men along the way, their sacrifices etched into our hearts and minds. As the chaos unfolded, I found myself face to face with the creature that had haunted our nightmares. In a desperate fight for my life, I managed to take it down, but not without scars of my own. I escaped the island, fleeing in a boat, the weight of what I had witnessed weighing heavily on my conscience. The secrecy surrounding the captives and the horrors they had become haunted me, and I knew I couldn't keep this experience buried within me. I felt compelled to share my story, to shed light on the inhumanity that lurked beneath the surface of the battlefield. So here I am, a Navy SEAL named Joe, breaking the silence and hoping that my words serve as a warning. There are horrors that exist beyond our comprehension. Secrets that are kept hidden for reasons we may never fully understand. But we must never forget that even in the darkest corners of our world, 
there are those who fight for justice and for the preservation of our humanity. Lived in Germany for many years while my father was stationed there, US Army. We lived off base in private housing and I loved it. That country is amazing, the vast forests, the mountains, the countryside, the farmlands, the little towns. Everything. I quickly became really good friends with some local boys whose parents own the town's dairy farm. We were always in the forest running around and exploring. Fishing, playing army, etc. I was around 8 or 9 years old around that time, 37 now. One night, stayed late at the farm hanging with the guys. Left about 9 or 10-ish, it was dark, but then moonlight gave pretty good vision that night I remember. I lived just across the soccer field and a small corn field from the farm. As I'm walking through the soccer field I see a bit of movement, just real quick, from the corner of my eye along the tree line at the edge of the field. I quickly step up my pace. As I turn to take my usual path through the corn field to my house, I see at least half a dozen silhouette figures emerge from each side of the rows of corn on the sides of the path. I froze so hard. They just stand there. Then there's one behind me. Before I can snap around and haul ass, he asked, in German, where I was going. I turn around now and what I see surprises, but relives me also. I answered in English and told him I was heading home. He was then curious about my English. Turns out it was a team of special forces operators. I mean, these guys were decked out in so much tactical gear I couldn't comprehend how they were able to move so stealthily. Night vision goggles, packs, bags, weapons, there was even a dog. They looked like total badasses, who were using these small towns off base to do some training. I just happened upon them this particular night. I'll never understand why they chose to break cover and show themselves. They could have easily just stayed put and I would have walked right by them non then wiser. They walked me home as it was on their way back they said. Started off creepy for me, but it was actually pretty cool. An experience I will never forget that's always stuck with me. I was walking down a trail to my stand one day, really dense scrub brush on both sides. On this particular day, I left my rifle mag at camp so I had one in the chamber and the rest in my pack. As I'm walking I start hearing movement off to my right. Then to my left. First one, then two, then what sounded like six. I caught a glimpse of fur here and there but had no clue what it was. I slowly stopped and realized that I had been surrounded. Right at that moment a coyote stepped out into the road and our eyes met. I figured it was probably best if I started the conversation so I shouldered the rifle and leveled it on the coyote, hoping that one shot would scare them all. I think it was surprised by what it saw because the coyote let out a yip and turned tail and they all scattered. I was happy to not have to shoot it. I now carry my pistol with me too. I was out hunting and I christened my Mosin with its first deer so I was feeling good. Once the deer was dressed I threw it in the back of my truck because we butcher out at our farm. I sat down in my house and had a beer when I started hearing all these shrill voices outside, 
and I figured it was right near my truck so I tactically shit my pants, grabbed my nugget and went outside expecting battle, only to find a bunch of 10-year-old girls outside my truck looking in the bed. What? I find out that the neighbor's kids were having a slumber party and my mom for some reason called my neighbor and told them I had a deer in my truck so they all came to behold the spectacle I guess. In 2008 I was in the Navy, we were 100 plus miles from any land, it was about 3-4 am, off the coast of Peru. I was an electronics technician so I worked in radio with one other guy, a radio man, and we just sat up scanning on HF, UHF and VHF radios listening for drug runners. We intercepted a UHF signal that played a short piano preamble, followed by a haunting, computerized sounding woman's voice reading numbers. 11, 9, 4, 6 etc. This went on for about a minute. Then the preamble repeated followed by the same number sequence, then it was gone. We recorded the transmission, wrote the numbers down, informed the captain and shortly a message was sent off to the area commander about the strange message. The reply we received was to disregard. Creeped me right the F out. I came to find out that this is a number station and while the phenomenon is not entirely understood, it's likely a method for getting a secure message or code to an intelligence agent in the field, over an insecure method of communication. Since the numbers could be attached to a one-time code, it's basically indecipherable. From May 2010 to May 2011, I worked as a security guard at a hydroelectric dam in Virginia. It was a fairly isolated location. If you needed an ambulance, you could expect at least a 20-minute wait. About a month after I was hired, one of the guys at the dam told me that most security guards out there quit after a few days because they got so creeped out being alone at the dam at night, and he was glad I was sticking it out. In truth, it could be creepy. Sometimes at night, when I was patrolling the basement level of the dam itself, I'd think about the fact that I was 50 feet below the waterline on the low side the only human being in about a mile and a half radius. Sometimes I'd hear weird noises in the woods, or catch a flash of a shadow while I was inside the dam. It takes a lot to scare me, though, and I knew I was either hearing critters in the woods or my mind was playing tricks on me. One night, however, something happened that scared the living hell out of me. It was a little after 11 p.m., and I was sitting in the guard house reading a book. Suddenly, I heard a tap at the door. What was creepy about the guard house at night was that when you had the lamp inside turned on, people could look through the windows at you, but the glare made it difficult for you to see outside. When I heard the tap at the door, I thought it was a bug hitting the glass, it was so faint, and I knew there weren't any contractors at the dam. I had the place to myself. Then the tap came again, more insistent this time. I grabbed my flashlight and opened the door. There was no one there. Then I let the door slip from my hand and shut behind me. To my left, previously concealed by the door as I had opened it, was a huge man, at least 400 pounds, wearing a gray sweatshirt and gray sweatpants. The sweatshirt was smeared with fresh blood. My heart started hammering. My blood ran cold. I was so scared I couldn't speak. 
As it turns out, he was a local fisherman who had been fishing off the bridge over the Tailrus and he was wondering why the power company hadn't started back pumping into the lake yet, because they usually started a little before 11 and that was what always drew in the big striped bass. He was smeared with blood because he'd already caught and gutted a couple and wiped his hands on his shirt. He felt really bad when he realized that he had approached me basically in the same way that a murderer in a horror movie would have. I am thankful to this day that I was unarmed security, because if I'd had a gun, I would have either shot him or accidentally shot myself while trying to shoot him. Fifteen years ago I went camping with two school friends in bushland that backed onto my dad's property in Wurriyalik, Australia. My dad didn't spend much time at the house but said we could use it as a base to dump any gear we might not need. He also gave me a heads up that he might creep up to our campsite that night and scare the guys I was with. We hiked from the house for about four hours through very dense bush, where we found a clearing and decided to set up our camp. Looking around the place for firewood, we kept turning up a lot of old bones some so old they almost looked like wood. We concluded that due to the land once being used for farming it was likely they were cow bones. We came up with a few more theories for the sake of scaring each other then built our fire, even burning a couple of the wood-like bones just to see what would happen, and settled in. I was woken up by one of my buddies at about 1am who said he swears he saw a torchlight on the tent wall. Excellent I thought. We sat in silence for a few minutes before the light came back. This was great. I really hammed it up, making up stories about murders in the area and escaped prisoners. The light from the torch fixed on our tent, then switched off. We could hear leaves and sticks moving around outside and my buddies were on the verge of tears. Then we started hearing whispering outside, as well as some low mumbling. Dad had brought some friends in on the prank? Dedicated. The torch light came back on and pressed right up to the tent wall and a hand began tapping across the top while the whispering continued. My dad had brought some friends in on the prank and convinced them to walk four hours through dense scrub in the middle of the night just to shine a torch on our tent? I started to panic. Then it just stopped completely, about an hour after it began. We sat in total silence aside from the sobbing of my buddies, and at dawn packed up and got the F out. We got back to the house and dad was there, he apologized and said he'd planned to come out and see us last night but fell asleep at his girlfriend's house. We told him about what happened and he was genuinely dumbfounded. Interestingly, I went back to the spot a couple of years ago after telling this story to a friend. We found a small shack made of corrugated iron pockmarked with bullet holes, a 44-gallon drum full of burned clothes, a pile of firewood, and two axes. Who knows if it's related? but it was creepy. Spent a week with a Shuar family in the Amazon about 15 miles from Chone, Ecuador. Little background, three of us gringo medical pre-medical students were staying with them on a medical education rotation, learning about traditional remedies. It was a blast. We stayed in A in a separate shelter from the family and the walls of our shelter was decorated with giant snakeskins and tigris skins those beasts that had wandered too close to camp over the years. The jungle is a loud place to sleep. 
Millions of animals and insects clamor all night long and it blends into a sort of peaceful cacophony. After the gunshot rang out at 3 a.m., the cacophony was gone. Absolute silence. It was the scariest sound I had ever heard. We clung to my two inches knife telling ourselves that it would protect us from whatever was coming. We cowered across from the entrance to our shelter awaiting what was to come. Certain a tiger was lurking, or that our lovely hosts had decided they were sick of us. We sat and shivered through the night. The silence was terrifying. When the sun rose and we finally felt confident enough to venture outside. It turned out an unlucky capybara wandered through camp during the night. Poor Lil Bugger got shot in the face at 3am and was the first meat we had eaten all week by 7am. Tasted like greasy venison. I'll never forget that night, or that lovely family. I'm typing this just as I got home and I'm getting more creeped out the more I think about this. So me and two friends were in the woods at a sort of park just outside of town. There's a cool scrapyard with a bunch of old quarry equipment that we were checking out, and by the time we're about to leave it's gone from dusk to dark. We use the flashlights on our phone to navigate out of the scrapyard until we get to the trail. Getting ready for a 10 minutes walk out, we decide to cut the lights and see if our eyes will adjust. This scrapyard's in an open part of the woods, and we were just going back into the tree line on the trail when I heard a stick crack and leaves rustling right to our left, about five feet in front of us right off the trail. Not knowing what this was, I stopped walking for a second to make sure I wasn't just hearing things. I couldn't really see anything but as I was pulling out my phone to turn on the flashlight, this weird, deep but loud growl came from right in front of us. Right away we all just sprinted away and back towards the scrapyard. We decided to go through the scrapyard and onto the trail on the other side that led right out to the road, but a 15 minutes walk away from the parking lot where my car was. When we got back to my car, there was a police car parked in front of me, blocking my car off. We saw the cop at the entrance to the trails with a flashlight on, and waited for her to come to us. She asked us if we had seen a person in the woods, and described him as 5 feet 7, wearing all black with long blonde hair. We asked her if he was missing, and she said no he's not a missing person but they're looking for him. We told her we hadn't, and she took our names and we left. Upon leaving, we saw a total of 11 cop cars spread out, some together along this road beside the woods. I originally thought that we encountered a black bear, However my friend who was with us hunts a lot and said it definitely wasn't a bear, and in fact he had never heard an animal make a growl like that before and I have to admit, neither have I. The growl sounded weirdly human, almost too perfectly scary. Plus if it was a bear, by running away we would have been mauled. I'm really confused and honestly creeped out, we've looked at several videos of different animals growling, but there's not too many where I live. Was it the guy the police were looking for? Was he insane or something? If it was this guy who growled at us, why? We are going back to the spot tomorrow, this time with some bear mace and knives etc just in case to see if we can find any bear paw prints anywhere around. Update 1, according to our local Facebook groups, it was just a guy who was lost and police located him about half an hour after we left. 
We did tell the police about where we heard the bear, maybe it was something else? Maybe the guy was actually crazy? Going back there in half an hour, they'll keep updating update too. We went back to the spot this morning and spent about an hour looking around for any clues as to what was growling at us. We couldn't see any prints or anything indicating something else was there. At this point we're all still confused and I think it's gonna stay that way. Angler here. One night while at my favorite fishing spot my friend and I heard a noise. Now this sounded like some rustling about 10 feet or 3 meter away in some bushes. Now my friend called it off as just a rabbit, but I insisted on listening. Now that was no rabbit but instead steps. Well in the region I'm from we have quite a lot of coyotes. So we pass it off as a mangy curious beast catching a glimpse of our fire. So to progress the night and feel easy we began to make noise and toss sticks and rocks to the bush. After a lengthy sit by the fire and a few more pops we headed home leaving a few belongings behind. Well, when we returned the next day to retrieve our left belongings we noticed two sets of tracks. One large one small. These Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. My friends belong to cats. Oh yes, one mighty big cat and her cub. The feeling I had in my stomach was not due to the beverages from the night before but the feeling of cheating death. My wife, my daughter and I joined our troop for a Cub Scout Halloween event at a Boy Scout camp in Colorado. It's a large hilly area tucked away in the canyons. There are lots of campsites up the hill but further down the road are some cabins. We were allowed to stay there for the night since it's more comfortable than tents. Well these cabins are about a one quarter mile away from any of the other buildings or tent areas. So we are nowhere near the rest of the group and it's just the three of us in the cabin. We get ready for bed and as I'm starting to fall asleep I realize how eerily quiet it is. It is completely still outside. No wind no rustling of trees etc. While I eventually fall asleep. I am then awoken very suddenly by a scream inside the room. I sit up and ask my wife if she is okay. She responds yes and checks on our daughter. She is fine. It is now dead quiet again. No noise. The scream is gone. So in a panic I start walking around the room in the dark. 
Nothing in the room but us. Maybe it came from outside. So I peek out the window and out the front door. No movement nothing. But it's pitch black. I can't see anything. Time to buck up the courage, grab my phone as a flashlight and go check outside. I stand there frozen for a minute and finally work myself up to grab my phone and go outside. I grab my phone, turn on the screen and see a Halloween update alert from the Simpsons mobile game. What I heard was Homer Simpson screaming from my phone because one of my buildings was done in the Simpsons game. Needless to say I uninstalled that game and haven't played it since. It took a good two hours for my wife and I to call back asleep. My girlfriend and I were fishing at a stone quarry in Sugar Grove, Illinois on May 5, 1988, that was pretty much surrounded by cornfields and some small patches of light forest and shrubbery. The sun had just set and we were behind stone walls inside the small quarry so it was getting darker a little faster. On one side of the quarry the stone wall was elevated 40 feet, that is the side we face while fishing, while the area behind us slowly rose to a cornfield edged by shrubbery and small trees. The edge of the trees and shrubbery is about 15 to 20 yards behind us. We were sitting on the edge of the water contemplating packing up when all of a sudden we heard this very loud roar, and I mean loud. It made us both jump up instantly. It roared, howled, again. I could see the outline of a creature with a large head and large eyes. I grabbed my flashlight and shined it at the creature. It had very large greenish-orangish oval eyes. It roared again and you could see very large predator-like teeth. Then it moved through the trees and shrugged so fast we could not see it move until it was at its next destination. Then it roared again. It had a roar that was not like anything that lives on this planet, especially in Illinois. I can still mimic the sound that it made. It was very scary. The creature was at its closest 10 yards and maybe 50 yards at its furthest. The eyes reminded me of a large reptile. The next day I went back with my friend to see if I could see anything or any signs of anything. I could not see anything such as tracks or broken limbs. Nothing. My buddy and I started fishing. We were there about an hour when it started to get dark again. We packed up and started to walk up the short path to my jeep when we both stopped in our tracks. Coming across the cornfield at treetop level was a craft. It had several lights on it and it had a large light that shined on us for a few seconds. Then it made a 45 degree turn and went out of the atmosphere in the blink of an eye. The craft we saw did not have a sound. We were pretty much surrounded by the stone quarry. We could hear a pin drop on the other side but this craft did not have a sound. I can't explain this, but we were hunting 25 years ago and we found a white-tailed deer frozen into a river by his feet. Where it gets weird is this animal was cut in half. His rear end was missing but it was how clean the cut was. It had looked like it was done with a band saw. Also the animal had been gutted like it was cleaned out with an ice cream scoop. Completely cleaned. No blood trail no guts, just a half a deer frozen in the ice eyes wide open missing its entire backside. I've got no explanation for this and I really don't even want to think about this anymore as we still can't fathom what happened.
My property is pretty old. We bought it from an old couple who gave up on it after a tornado destroyed the silos, barns, and a couple sheds. We've spent years fixing it back up but only one of the barns got rebuilt, the other is still collapsed. The shed is worn down and the door is blown out which makes it always scary walking by a dark shed with an empty opening. The silo fell over and is next to the shed, which is across from the two barns. All of this was on my walk to a deer stand in furthest field in the back of my property. I was a freshman in college at the time and hunted until it went dark, I left the stand and started quietly walking back. I always had an eerie feeling walking by the torn down barns but at night it's always way worse. I forgot to mention there's an old well with a concrete slab on top of it, but the concrete siding had a hole. Always gave me the chills. As I was walking by the well and barns with everything super quiet, I all of a sudden jolted my eyes to the fence along the field by the shed. I had heard a chain whipping sound and faint, giddy laughter. When I looked up I saw two men in prison gang garments, white and black striped suits, quickly galloping away from me, thank God, alongside the fence. Both were laughing and had chains on their hands and feet. I quickly fell to the ground and loaded my rifle in terror. I looked through my scope where I saw them running alongside last. It was the biggest field on our property so they had another 100 yards to go alongside the fence before they hit the woods but they were gone. I laid there searching for 10 long minutes before chalking it up to being sleep deprived from the morning hunt. I've never had experienced something so real, but I must have imagined it. Last year around this time, June 28, 2021, my friend, we will call her Dana, my other friend, calling him Jana and I all went on a camping trip, it was deep in the woods in Alberta, Canada. The trip was going good. It was in the middle of nowhere. No cell service, no bars, nothing. But we pained, listened to music and all that jazz. One day, Dana and Jana were both sleeping in the tent, it was 2 p.m., and I was sitting alone outside. I start hearing this screaming. John, John help me. John where are you? And that repeated four times, the same way, same spacing. I'm not going to die in the woods, so I didn't check it out. I stayed where I sat. When the other two got up I explained what I heard. Me and Dana went to the river that was close by, leaving Jana alone at the tent. We came back 40 minutes later and Jana is sitting his pants. He explained that he heard the exact same thing as me. Including how the pauses were, I explained the pauses when I told them both about the screaming, a few months later me and Jana went back there, but the two of us. On the last day, me and Jana had this gut feeling, that we were going to die if we stayed the last night. It was one of the gut feelings that you trust. And I know it wasn't anxiety, this feeling was literal terror. And, we're going back there with Dana in a few days. First of all, let me start off by saying this is not a joke, this is a genuine sighting report. It was half past two in the morning and it was completely silent. I was in the bathroom cleaning my teeth, getting ready for bed, when suddenly I heard the letterbox lift up and violently slam as though someone had purposely done this to get my attention. Usually, 
When it is very windy the letterbox will bang and clutter, but never this loud. Besides, it was completely calm outside with no wind at all, so I found it rather strange and quite perplexing that it had slammed like that. I quickly finished off and rinsed my mouth, placed my toothbrush down on the side, and then quickly went downstairs to look out the hallway window and see if there was anyone outside mucking around at this ungodly hour of the morning. At first, I couldn't see anything, but when I looked along the hedgerow I saw what I first thought was someone large hunched over on the path. I moved the net curtain to get a better look, and it moved slightly, becoming more visible within the street light and moonlight combined. Now this is going to sound really farcical and strange, but I could now clearly see that it was not a human, it looked just like a werewolf and had a long snout like it was straight out of a Hollywood horror movie which sent chills rushing through my spine. It turned its head and looked at me the light causing its eyes to shine reflecting some light. It was good that I had previously been to the bathroom before seeing this creature, or I would have needed a clean set of underpants. I bravely banged on the window pane and it darted away hunched over. After it ran down the road setting off many security lights in the process, I promptly retreated away from the window letting go of the net curtain still in complete shock. I bucked up the courage to walk down the stairs and check the front door just to make sure it was still locked and secured which fortunately, it still was. I then swiftly went back upstairs and went straight into my bedroom where I sat down on the bed still in disbelief at what I had witnessed. It scared me because it's not something you typically see. Had this werewolf creature seemingly slammed the letterbox to get my attention so that I would look out the window and see it and be terrified, which I actually was. After studying ufology and cryptid creatures for over two decades now, I can confidently state that they are just a generated construct within our reality. Yes, it is a real physical werewolf that is dangerous and could tear anyone limb from limb who was unfortunate enough to be outside and unwittingly run into this deadly savage beast, but it is a generated construct that has been placed there purposely by an unseen intelligence to cause fear and stifle my research by putting the frighteners on me. This is possible because we are living in a quantum simulation and therefore anything generated can be real to us. I have come to this conclusion because I have witnessed this phenomenon firsthand changing shape and form on many separate occasions. I have seen a mothman and a goatman, and I have photographed a hideous merman creature at Hope's Nose, Torquay. I've also seen a man with a lizard's head and many other strange anomalous things that people would find farcical and hard to believe. We are definitely living in a simulated reality controlled by invisible outside forces whose agenda is totally unknown to us, and these generated cryptid creatures can become a reality within our world at any time and seemingly at any place. This encounter took place at 2.30 in the early hours of the morning on the 1st of June 2023 at Newton Abbott, Devon, England. All the best. In the hazy grip of a potent high, my friend and I decided it would be a thrilling idea to sprint through the dense woods. Our senses heightened and hearts racing, we laughed uncontrollably, unaware of the danger lurking in the shadows. Suddenly, as if conjured from the foliage itself, a man clad in complete hunting gear materialized before us. His cold eyes locked onto ours, and with a commanding voice, he uttered words that froze us in our tracks. 
You kids are in a hunting area. Git. Time seemed to stand still as we absorbed his chilling warning. The weight of the situation settled upon us, drowning out our intoxicated amusement. It was a wake-up call from the realm of darkness we had blindly ventured into. The hunter's stern demeanor and the menacing glint in his eyes left an indelible mark on our psyches. I don't think they were human. This was an experience that happened when I was a kid, probably 10 years old in 2010. I'm 22 now for reference. There used to be this park my dad would take me to here in Maryland. He would play basketball in the section where the courts were, and I would play in the section with the park equipment. One day I was on a swing set, and this couple came up and started talking to me. There was a man and a woman with a black stroller, I don't think I ever saw a baby in the stroller. I remember it always being faced away from me, this may have been a normal interaction, but something felt very off or dreamlike about the encounters. I was even able to pick up on it at that age. The man in the couple was wearing blue jeans, and a red and white plaid checkered shirt. But he looked odd. Like kind of clammy, pale, or jaundiced gray. I also remember his eyes being very penetrating. The woman had on a dress and, I think, had medium-length brown hair. I can't remember her face, no matter how hard I try though. She looked more normal from what I remember. The best way to describe the man's hair would be kind of blonde, ashen, and artificial looking. In a sort of bowl-cut style I think. I can't remember exactly what we talked about, but I think it revolved around God religion, and it was a fairly short interaction probably about 10 minutes. The weirder part is that I saw them later at a completely different park on a different date, could have been weeks or months, and they were in the exact same outfits with the exact same stroller. It looked like only 5 minutes had passed, but it was a completely different location at a different time. I can remember feeling apprehensive and off when I saw them again, strangely, I can't remember if I talked to them or not a second time. The last key to the story is that when I told my dad about seeing this couple multiple times as a kid, he said that maybe they were angels. I remember that comment intensely freaking me out for some reason. Now, there could be a perfectly rational explanation for this, but more recently I've been doing more spiritual work and growth, as well as scientific, astrophysical biological, quantum physics theory, extra, etc., research, and this memory resurfacing prompted me to share it. It's not the first time I recall this happening, but it is the first time I feel like I could maybe get some explanation. I'd be happy to provide any more context about my life, if it's helpful, or the encounters if I can remember. It wasn't the sort of thing where they did anything really suspect I could tell my dad, or police, about. The man just didn't look human? Like the only way to describe it was he looked, like a wilted flower? An uncanny clammy human wilted flower. That's the weird part. I do remember sort of shuffling off toward the courts after talking to them. But the second time I can't remember if I approached them or not, which is strange. It's fuzzy, it sort of blips in and out. Both encounters felt sort of dreamlike. I also usually have a good brain for remembering faces, but I can't really remember the lady's face, a good portion of the guys in detail. Could certainly be chalked up to the fact that this was a while ago, 
but I still recognize people around my hometown from when I was that age. So I don't know. I just felt scared or off, like not quite right. Even now it's the sort of thing where if I hadn't externally told my dad, he didn't also physically notice them, I would doubt that it actually happened. I just remember feeling that was weird. Gave me a sort of a weird feeling, especially the second time I saw them. I live on a compound by myself, I know it sounds Wacoey, but it's really my tiny home, workshop, and a couple of other buildings for food or equipment storage and a guest room. One bad snowstorm knocked my area OOC, so I decided to hunker in for the long haul. I spent almost two weeks without leaving. Three days in, I get woken up to a knock at the door. I get up to answer it and halfway there, I realize the only way this guy could knock on my door is if he broke the lock. So I grab my shotgun and ask him through the door who he is and what he wants. Guy says nothing and keeps banging. I go out the back door and sneak around front and I see a man who is on the ground, covered in blood, and shouting, albeit quietly, for help. Turns out he was driving and crashed and dragged himself five miles down the road until he came to my place. By then he realized that I forgot to lock the bottom part of the gate and weaseled in. Luckily he survived. My grandfather was a fisherman with a bad habit of finding dead bodies. I haven't thought about this in a while but just googled it and found this description of one of his encounters on Saturday July 11, 1970. The Park County Sheriff's Office received a call from a fisherman near Gardner. he just pulled up the scariest snag of his life, a waterlogged human torso. By Monday, that mutilated torso was on a table in the Park County Sheriff's Office, being examined by the FBI. The head and arms had been cut off. The legs were gone below the knee. On the chest, amid stab wounds, there was a T-shaped cut where the killer had opened his body to get to his innards. Two things were clear, the victim was without a heart, and his murderer was heartless. Turns out it was cannibalism. Not a hunter, but me and my friends were screwing around about a mile deep into the woods near my house and we found a pink suitcase with a name tag on it. We looked the name up and it was the name of a missing girl called the cops and handed it over but they never found her. They searched all of the woods in the area after that and still nothing came up other than her suitcase with some clothes and some toiletries. So me, my husband, my daughter, seven, and niece, eight, came camping this weekend. We've camped at this place four times, never had any issues. Last night, we were setting up and about to start making dinner, this was about 8 p.m., when my daughter looks at me, looks behind me, looks back at me. I said what? She said look behind you. There is a little kid, couldn't be more than 6 years old just standing there watching my daughter and niece play with a soccer ball. I figured he was here camping too and just interested in what they were doing. My daughter invites him to play and he runs back in the woods like he got scared. I didn't see him for about 15 minutes so I figured he went back to his campsite. 
Then he comes back and at this point it's dark outside so we asked where his parents were. He said he didn't have parents. So I'm like? Then my husband asked if he was camping here. He screamed at my husband my parents are dead and I'm homeless I sleep in the woods. I said okay well that's not safe at all buddy. I'm going to call somebody to help you he said please call them I don't have a family so I start to call the non-emergency line. I gave him some food and a Gatorade and told him to hang out until help got here. Cops got there about 10 minutes later, they start trying to talk to him. He takes off running into the woods and yells that his brother will be back for us. Cops chased after him. No idea what happened after that, but I did not sleep a wink last night. It was the creepiest thing I've ever dealt with in my life. There's no houses within 10 miles of here. I'm so worried about him but so creeped out about the brother thing. So, I'm going to tell you the story of my brief encounter with a man called Happy. I hope it's okay with the mods that I use the name that he gave me, Happy, I'm sure it wasn't his real birth name but it adds to the creepy ambience of the story. Even though it happened around 9 years ago, sometimes he still crosses my mind especially on gloomy overcast days in LA, just like the day I met Happy. 2013, I'm working at a cannabis dispensary in Venice Beach, a block from the boardwalk. A good 35% of our patrons were unhoused people, occasionally some one experiencing severe psychosis would try to come in, but if they were screaming or unintelligible security would not let them in. If they had and presented the holy trinity of medical papers, ID, and cash, they were good to go. We had a compassion program where we'd bag up grams of shake left over from bottoms of jars and give them completely free, one per person per day, to anyone who asked. Word about this spread quickly on the boardwalk. Generally these people would be the nicest, most polite and considerate customers, even if they did smell a bit stinky and their money got pulled out of a sweaty sock. No one working there would bat an eye if someone came in smelling like they'd slept on the beach for a week next to a bottle of vodka, as long as they just calmly buy their weed and be on their way like any other customer. It's a foggy chilly day around the holidays, sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Someone called out so I was the only person in the back bud tending, there was another employee at reception and a security guard at the front door, I'm alone in the back room, there are cameras but no one is actively watching them. This guy walks in after being checked in at the front, he's the only customer ATM, and I swear the whole room gets colder as he walks in. He is wearing a very worn in, deeply faded, wrinkled, conformed to his body, floor-length leather duster jacket like this, and a similarly beaten up wide-brimmed leather cowboy hat. It looked like he'd lived and slept in these same clothes for years. We did not allow hats, hoods, or sunglasses in the store, so I'm surprised that security didn't make him take off his hat. This man is at least 6 feet 5 inches and built like a boulder, not obese kind of large, pick you up and toss you like a rag doll large. The stench that comes with him is unlike anything I've ever smelt before or since. It was beyond B.O., beyond piss or shit, it smelled like actual death as if he had raw rotting carcasses tucked under his thick, long leather coat. I thought I had been hardened by plenty of nasty body stank before, 
But this was absolutely revolting far beyond anyone who hadn't showered lately or pissed their pants. I'm trying not to inhale very deeply, and I say hi sir. Excuse me, I'm sorry, would you mind taking off your hat? Just store policy. Big customer service smile, what are you looking for today? He grunts deeply, he is walking very slow, shuffling and dragging his feet. His voice sounds like he gargles with gravel, rough and wet, raw and angry, I don't take off my hat. At this point I'm not trying to argue with this man about his hat either, let's get him in and out. I glance down and see he is not wearing shoes, the bit I can see from under his coat, one of his ankles is massively purple black and swollen, melon sized. The bottoms of both his feet are bloody and tore up, I realize he is leaving a slight trail of blood as he drags his ragged feet across the concrete floor of the shop. My first thought is how and why TF did security let this guy come in, second is this guy's is obviously seriously injured, and that is concerning as a human being. I'm making sure to keep the display shelf between me and this guy, but that's only about a foot of space, like a bar. He gets to me and the stench gets stronger. I meekly but sincerely ask, are you alright sir? His eyes flare at me, what do you care? And I'm like whelp I tried not my chair not my problem, not my monkeys not my circus, great, what can I get for you? He pulls up one of his sleeves to expose his forearm, it is covered in large round burns like from a cigar, some old, healed, and some fresh, pussy and infected. It's not track marks, it's burns. He also has a jagged homemade looking stick and poke tattoo of a smiley face, a crooked circle, two lines for the eyes, and scabbed up curve of a smile. He points at this tattoo, Happy. My name is Happy. The rotting stink was so strong and I needed to breath little gasps, the least possible. I walked here, I walked all the way here from Pasadena. I'm like wow sir that's a very long walk, anyway what are you looking for today? Just for you. His eyes are dark and menacing, he is smeared with a layer of grime, like he lives in the woods dirty. He doesn't look like the average crust punk or disabled veteran you generally see living on the beach. It was hard to guess his age but he wasn't that old or young, somewhere between 30-50. He looked like he'd dragged himself here from his log cabin, like what would happen if you entangled some quantum mechanics poorly and mixed Ed Gein with an 1800s homesteader then transported him to 2013 Venice Beach. I of course have never seen this man before, once was more than enough to make him unforgettable. He keeps staring at me and I move as far back as I can to the wall, hopefully out of his grasp if he lunged. I would need to walk out from behind the case and around him to get the security guard. I'm weighing my options, haha bad pun intended, I decide to grab a bunch of compassion grams, and then weigh out in one eight and mark it down that I'd pay for it later and he's still just leering at me, wheezing heavy stinking breaths. We actually have a special today, only for people who walked more than 10 miles to get here. This is all for you, on the house. Thank you for stopping by. He accepts the bag, but continues to just stand there and stare at me. Thank you, happy? It worked, he grunts a guttural noise that is not a word, and slowly turns to shuffle back towards the door. At the door he turns back towards me and says, I'll see you later. He finally walks out after, leaving plenty of his residual stench of death behind.
Thank any and all of the gods, I did not see happy later, or ever again. When I asked security why TF did they let him in, he said that when he had noticed his bloody feet and said hey bro you all good. That looks like it hurts? Happy had stepped up in his face and threatened to choke you out, stupid n word, and since it was just him and two 22 year old, 130 pound girls, he wasn't trying to die tonight and figured hopefully Happy could just get his stuff and leave. He was watching the cameras in the back ready to call police and owners if anything got weird. Apparently we had different definitions of weird, but I understood his reaction, and ultimately we're all fine, just spooked and creeped out. And now needing to clean blood off the floor with bleach and gloves, and texting our boss that he owed us free weed about it. He agreed, and we all lived happily ever after. This happened to myself and a close friend, both 23-year-old males, just last month. We decided to go on a two-night backpacking or camping trip in the Adirondack Mountains of New York. We are both very comfortable with nature, and spend a lot of time camping, hunting, fishing, etc. We hiked about 5 miles into a small lake and set up camp on a small beach. This was not a heavily trafficked area and we did not expect to run into anyone. Our first night there as we were sitting around the fire, we saw a flashlight moving on the other side of the lake around 10.30. This was fairly unusual, however we did not think too much of it. But, as time went on, this flashlight kept moving around the lake getting closer to our campsite. We kept discussing who could possibly be wandering around the woods in the middle of the night, and we did not particularly want an unwelcomed guest. Once it was clear that the person, or people, were heading for our campsite, we moved off into the woods nearby to see who wandered up. I took a small axe with me, and he had a .22 rifle. Now we weren't expecting trouble, and we certainly didn't want to make any, but we figured we might as well cover our bases. Now, the moment of truth, the flashlight comes near the light of our fire and it is one man. He has a beard and is probably in his mid-forties. The scary part was he was carrying what turned out to be a pump-action shotgun. He walked around the campsite a few times, and then proceeded to enter our tent. After rummaging around for a minute or so, he came out and started yelling I know you're out there, why don't you come and say hello? My friend and I remained motionless under a hemlock tree about 50 yards away. That is when the man proceeded to fire his shotgun into the woods, not too far from where we were. He also swung his flashlight around several times. After what felt like hours, he grabbed my friend's backpack and a few articles of clothing we had drying off near the fire and threw them in to burn. My friend, who had trained the .22 at the man, asked me if he should shoot. I told him absolutely not, unless he spots us and starts to point the gun in our direction. Thankfully the man moved off from where he had come after a little while. We waited until his flashlight was on the other side of the lake, ran out, grabbed everything we could fit in my pack and took off, it was now around 2 or 3 am. We ran out the trail with flashlights, and made it back to my car as the sun was coming up. We immediately went to the police department and reported it, where we also spoke with some forest rangers. That was it, I haven't heard anything back from the police. It wasn't mysterious. 
however it creeped the hell out of both of us.